Thank you for listening to a sermon from Knox Evangelical Presbyterian Church located in Kenmore, New York. Our senior pastor is Justin Olivetti. To reach Knox Church, please email us at office at knoxepc.com or call us at 716-873-2423. To request prayer, email us at prayerchain at knoxepc.com. Now, let's listen. Please remain standing and open your Bibles with me right now to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Probably a lot of you could recite it from memory. But if not, it's on page 539 in your pew Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God bless this reading of His Word. Please have a seat. I think that's a good question. Anything about that today? In my first few years of working at a church, I knew very little about speaking in front of a large group. I think that's one of the, the biggest fears, right? It's, public speaking, and I, I was actually very bad at it. In my first sermon, my church invited me to come up and give a sermon. And I, I, all I can recall of that sermon, it was a series of rambling, incoherent stories that had very little to do with each other and probably very little to do with the Bible, too. It, it took years and a lot of practice and training to get a lot better at speaking in front of crowds. And I was always on the lookout for somebody who would train me. And God sent me a very odd mentor in the form of a guy named Ken Davis. Ken Davis is, uh, I, as far as I know, he's still alive. He's a Christian comedian, a really good Christian comedian. go on the circuit. And he had some sort of connection with my previous church. So I bumped into Ken when I was at a youth ministry convention. And Ken said, oh, you're working at Mount Hope. Here, have all my stuff for free. And he loaded me up with all of his comedy DVDs and a book on effective Christian speaking. And I learned a lot from that book, but i got to say I really enjoyed the comedy routines a lot more. And <laughs> just how it was. And one of his best bits that he did was a, a series, an hour-long examination on why the Bible dared to call us sheep over and over again. He, he was really fixated on that. He, he said, I was often puzzled about why the Bible kept calling us sheep. He said, that's not a very honorable analogy when you think about it. He said, Ken said, the, the sheep, when you think about it, if you really know sheep, they are the geekiest animals to walk the face of the earth. To be compared, I want to be compared to a lot of animals, but I, I really, the sheep is way down there. Um, sheep are weak and ineffective on their own. They're really a meal for predators who don't mind getting a little bit of wool stuck in their teeth at the end of the day. Yet as Ken and a lot of other Christians have realized, even a silly sheep 
can become a super sheep under the right circumstances. It's all about a relationship. It's a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd that transforms us. And that's what Psalm 23 is all about. For those of us sheep who are done being lost, done fighting those unwinnable battles, done being hunted by strong enemies, done trying to forge through life on our own, I think Psalm 23 really comes as our lifeline, as showing us a better way to live, showing us how we can flock to a shepherd who will take us from a sheep and make us into something way better. We're going to see how we can transform in the words here of Psalm 23. Now, I don't know if you've ever really thought about it, but Psalm 23 is the single hardest psalm for any pastor to preach on. We pastors love to complain about things, and I think so, b- preaching on passages that our congregation is overly familiar with is one of the most difficult challenges. And, but I think the challenge here is that we're all so familiar with the words of Psalm 23. We've heard him in churches, we've heard him in hospitals, we've read him in greeting cards. And when you get so familiar with certain words, they start to lose their meaning, don't they? You start to to forget what the real deep truth is that's in these words. But I want us to really try to do the best we possibly can to look at these very familiar verses of Psalm 23 in a new light. We want to start seeing that incredible truth. Now, one thing I also want us to do is to stop romanticizing shepherds. It's something we always seem to do in churches particularly. We have, I don't know, anybody collect precious moments? My mom always did. She had, <laughs> Sally's brave, right? She had tons of these things. I, I noticed in like about half of them, somebody's always holding the most cute, cuddly, adorable little lamb. They're like so big eyes and it's, you know, it's a big ball of cotton. And, and then on Christmas, you know, we're always ooing and eyeing the little kids that we dress up and we stick cotton balls on them, and they get to go up there, and they be, be sheep. And so we have the, in the church this romanticized view of, of shepherds and sheep. And we think, wow, what a wonderful job that was. This was the worst job in the world. You did not want to be a shepherd. You were living. You did not get to go home at the end of your day. I don't care how bad your job is. You got to go home at the end of your day. A shepherd His home was like, well, I guess I'm sitting down on this rock here. And I'm going to sleep next to these sheep that are smelly, that are dumb, that are always driving me to frustration. And I have to always keep one eye open in case something's going to attack my sheep or my silly sheep get worried about something and I've got to calm them down. In fact, it was such an undesirable job that guess who got to do it? The youngest son of the family. The youngest. Which is why David got to be a shepherd. It wasn't like he grew up and said, Dad, when I grow up, I really want to be a shepherd. That's a great occupation. His dad said, yep, you're the youngest. You get that job now. And the next youngest is like, yes! Thanks for having another kid, Dad. So glad. (laughs) So glad I don't have to do that anymore. So David grew up as a shepherd. He spent his his whole youth as a shepherd looking after. So when he wants to frame his relationship with God, He wants to share his relationship with God. It's very natural that he puts it in probably the most familiar terms that he had here. So if you still have your Bibles open, and I hope you do, to Psalm 23, or maybe you have it fresh in your mind, 
If I was to ask you what the most important word in that psalm is, what would you say is the most important word? There's no wrong answer except the answer I'm going to give. That's going to be the real right one. But just think about that. What's the, what's the most important word? If you had to narrow it down, would it be Lord or sheep or shepherd? I want to, I want to argue this. The most important word, I think, in Psalm 23 is the fourth word there. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a revolution right here. That, that ownership, that my right there, transforms the Lord. Lord is a shepherd. It could have been a psalm about Jesus as God as like this shepherd, uh, as, a, as a grand notion. But David personalizes it. He says the Lord is my shepherd, not just the shepherd of a community, not just the shepherd of the church. He's all the way down to my personal shepherd. And this whole psalm is about his relationship, a one-on-one relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. And he has that possessiveness there. I love that. And David says here, that even though I'm a king, even though I'm this great king, you know what? Without God, I'd be lost. I'm dependent on God for 100% of everything in my life. I am his sheep, and he is my shepherd. He would be lost without him. And getting lost is something that sheep do very, very well. I mean, if there's one thing sheep excel at, it's just going, oh, that's interesting. I'll just go, where, where did everybody go? You know, why does it say, welcome to Canada? How do I get here? I don't know. They, they need a firm hand to guide them. They need a staff that prods them in the right direction. And not just to, to guide them out of danger, but also toward nourishment. Now, here's another image in your mind. I'm not going to blame Sunday school for this, but when I grew up, our flannel boards always portrayed Israel as having these rolling green hills and everything was lush. That's not how Israel used to be. It's not how Israel is. Israel is a pretty arid country. And when you're looking for pastures, when you're looking for streams, they are few and far between. A good shepherd had to guide his sheep to where these places were so that the sheep could have the nourishment they needed. The best hope was to be led by a shepherd who knew what they were doing. Now, we may be loath to admit it as we're talking about sheep. We may be feeling a little uncomfortable being identified as them. But I think if we're really honest, we can identify with being sheep. So many times I've had people come up to me and say, I don't know what my my purpose is. I feel lost. I feel lost. I hear that all the time. What am I meant to do? I'm just talking about college students, everybody. I don't know. I'm middle-aged. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm 50. I'm 60 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel lost in my life. I feel lost in my relationship. I feel lost in my work. I don't know why I'm here. And on top of that, speaking of sheep, every one of us have had threats pressing in on us, problems that descend on us. And we get nervous like sheep, and we don't want to lie down. We're so worried we lay awake at night. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about anxiety. And I'm going to put that off till next week. But right now, I think we, could, we can look on the front page of CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, and we can see a lot of reasons to be worried right now. And as sheep, we, we, start, we start getting really nervous. Start, and then we start worrying about what the next day is going to bring. What's Monday going to bring? What's Tuesday going to bring? We, like sheep, get scared easily. And we stray away from God. And then we get into trouble, we get into sin, and we, can't, we find out we can't pull ourselves out on our own. We're lost and we need help. David encourages us here 
says, I want you to become super sheep. And the very first step that you can take to being a super sheep is to follow your shepherd. Don't think you can strike out on your own and, and get anything but lost, but start following your shepherd. Every day with Jesus is a step-by-step journey. We may not know what lies ahead. We don't. None of us do, but Jesus does. He's a good shepherd, and he will guide you on what Psalm 23 calls right paths. Right paths, the right way to go. When Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, when we recite the Lord's Prayer, he taught it to his disciples, his sheep. He said, guys, I'm going to teach you these words. And what was one of the things that they prayed? Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our nourishment, God. Don't give us what we, we, we want all of our desires, give us what we need to stay alive. Give us the absolute necessities in life. Pray for that. That's what a good shepherd does. He provides the sustenance. In John 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, My sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's that call and response. When the shepherd says, Hey, guys, come here. And those who are Jesus' sheep go, Okay, I'm going to go with him. I know my Savior's voice. I know my shepherd's voice. And when my shepherd calls to me, do I respond? When Jesus calls to you, do you hear him? He calls to you through the Bible. He calls to you through sermons. He calls to you through other people, other Christians in your life, through your own experiences. When you hear that voice, when you know God is calling you, do you resist or do you follow? even when you don't know where he's leading you. That's the first step to becoming a super sheep. Now, it was common for shepherds in that journey, leading their sheep in Israel from green part to green pasture, to lead them down into wadis. I don't know if you know what a wadi is, but wadis are these deep, steep trenches that are carved by flash floods. Israel kind of gets rain and and bursts. When that happens, these wadis fill up, and they're just briefly full of water, and then they drain. And they were kind of like these natural paths, so the shepherd would lead the sheep down into these deep wadis. And sometimes the wadis got so deep, like they were these canyons, that the sun would never shine down into them. They would almost always be in shadow. Let me tell you, sheep didn't really like being down there. They'd be led down into the wadis and go, I, I don't like this. It's shadowy. And we get a little scared around shadows. Well, sheep were very scared around the, the shadows. And the shepherd would keep, keep having to prod them through, keep having to calm them down with his voice, calm down sheep, go through there. And it was only through that, that calming and that leading with the, the rod and the staff that the sheep would eventually be led through the wadi and then up and out and hopefully to greener pastures. But when they're down in that wadi, you kind of wonder, what's the sheep thinking? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Any moment now, something's going to leap out and get me. And I think that's what we think when we're down there in the valley. This is, there's a reason why this psalm is read probably more than any other psalm when we're going through hard times in our lives. Because we identify with those dark valleys. We have all been there. And maybe right now some of you are in that dark, shadowy valley. The, the literal translation of this, by the way, I love it, is the shadowiest of all shadows. The shadowiest valley of them all. And some, we, we know that when we're down there, 
it gets harder than ever to say, where are you leading me, God? Am I lost right now? I can't see in front of me. I'm just in pain. I'm in misery. I'm suffering. I, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. And I feel like any minute, something evil is going to leap out and grab me, and I don't know if my shepherd's still there. What's amazing about Psalm 23 to me is that David, if he wanted to lie to everybody, could have cut that verse out, right? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no. He could have cut that out and made it a real feel-good prosperity gospel psalm. He could have said things like, you know what, God? God, follow God! And he'll give you nothing but riches and blessings and good times, and your life will never be hard again. But that's not what he says, right? He says, guys, super sheep, follow God. And guess what? God's going to lead you through some dark valleys in your life. That's a good sales pitch, right? Follow God, and he's going to lead you down into that valley. Because that valley is still the right path. You haven't gotten off the right path when you're on that dark valley. That's part of it. That's part of it, what he says. He says, it's okay. When that happens, when you're down there, David says, it's okay because your shepherd is still there. He's still leading you. He's still guiding you. He's still protecting you. He's still trying to show you the right way to go. So put one foot in front of the other and start walking that path day by day. Those days when you're down in that deep, shadowy valley, it may be hard to even get out of bed. I know I've been there, and I know you've been there. But he says, get up. Start walking. Start fighting because your shepherd's right there with you. God doesn't ever promise that you won't go through the dark valleys. He just promises that he'll be there with you every step of the way. And that, that naked honesty, I really love that. It's why this psalm strikes a nerve for so many people who are going through a great trial in their life. Though The first time I ever went into surgery in a hospital, I had my Bible right there. And you can better believe Psalm 23 was right in front of my face. And I needed to hear, I needed to read God's truth. I need to have that in front of my eyes because I had a lot of fear bubbling up in me. And I'm like, God, I'm going through a dark valley right now. I've never done this before. I'm really scared. They're going to put me out. They're going to cut me open. What's going to happen? Maybe I'll never wake up again. I don't know. And all I can read is those words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be scared because you will be with me. And I felt calm just descend upon me. Perhaps the darkest day of your life will be on your dying day. It might be the scariest moment of your life when you realize this is it. You're about to die. But let me tell you this. Jesus is never closer to you than at the moment of your death. He's excited. He's like, yes, I'm about ready to bring you home. It's okay. I'm right here with you. One pastor was sharing a story of the day his grandmother died. And he was there at her, her house and she's on her deathbed, and she's breathing. He could just tell, like, she wasn't long. It was, it was any moment now. And he said, Grandma, do you want me to put on your favorite hymn? That, and her favorite hymn was the Hallelujah Chorus. He said, can I put this on the radio for you? Do you want to just hear that right now? She said, no. It's going to sound so much more beautiful in just a minute. That's faith. That is a faith that has conquered fear. As a faith that looks at death and says, I'm not scared anymore because my shepherd is with me. 
My shepherd's walking this dark valley with me, and it's going to be okay because at the end of it, I'm coming right up and out of it. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being scared about everything in my life, whether it's real or imaginary. And the only way we get past that fear is by trusting our shepherd, trusting that he knows what he's doing, even when we're down there in that valley, especially when it's that time. You ever do a trust fall? We do those, you know, flop back, pray that the person doesn't, doesn't let you go. The Christian life is a series of trust falls where the sheep flops back over and over again into the arms of the shepherd saying, I don't know what's happening, but I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And every time those arms come right around you and say, I got you. I got you. I got you. Trust your shepherd and grow into a super sheep. The other day, I was comparing horrible winter driving stories with some friends. We all have those. Like the worst, think about the worst time you've ever had driving in a storm where you're white knuckles and you're convinced you're going to die. And I said, well, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I have the story to beat all stories, but the one that comes to my mind was one Christmas when Joy and I, and I think Jeremiah, were driving down to Indiana for Christmas. And it happened that we were driving down through a blizzard. And we thought we could get there. In fact, we were about 45 minutes away from my parents' house. And at that point, we could not see the highway. There was so much snow coming over the highway. And I was following the lights of the, the semi-truck in front of me, praying that we were staying on the road. And my wife was doing that, like, please get off, Justin, please. Hotel, right there, please. And finally, we just said, we can't do it anymore. We can't. Darkness was coming. We can't see the road. We pulled off. We, we stopped at a hotel for the night. And the next morning, it wasn't that much better, but at least some of the roads were plowed. The sun was out. And we finished our journey. And it was the most exhausting drive that I've ever done. And by the time we got to my parents' house, got out of the car, and we were just sludging up to the front door. And that door opened. And we stepped into this house. And all I can remember is being so glad to trade the harshness and the danger and the, the deadly threat of that blizzard, for what awaited in front of me, which was a warm home and happy voices and smell of good food cooking and hugs coming around me. And just I'm like, yes, I don't care if there's danger out there around me. Right here, I'm safe. Right here, I'm welcome. And that's the feeling that David goes for at the end of this psalm. He says, he's finally taking those super sheep up out of that wadi. He says, up and out of that shadowy ravine is something you couldn't have even possibly imagined. It's far more welcoming. Suddenly those sheep, look at where they're at. They're inside the house of the Lord. They're inside this house. It is full of welcome and cheer. Enemies might be on the outside. There might be still danger outside. But inside is a table laid with the best feast you could have ever imagined. And blessing is being poured down on their heads. This is a picture of our ultimate communion with God. It's such a wonderful picture. The Lord here is both a host and a shepherd. He's welcoming them in. He's providing safety and refuge. He's taking everything that he provided for them at the beginning of the psalm, and he's giving it to them at the end just in a far greater magnitude. He's giving them rest and nourishment. He's giving them all these things and safety. And David says that while God's goodness and love will follow him all the days of his life, what he's really looking forward to 
is the day he gets to live in the house of the Lord forever. He's like, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me running this race. That's what keeps me putting one foot in front of the other when I'm in that dark, shadowy valley because I know at the end of it, I'm going to be in this house and I will be welcome and I will be in the presence of the Lord. I will be able to trade the beautiful song of God in this world for some, the more magnificent and unspeakably more intimate chorus in the next. Another reason to rejoice in this psalm is that the Old Testament believers couldn't read it the way that we can. They didn't have the perspective. When we read this psalm, we can put our, our, our shoes in the little hooves of the sheep, but we can also read it as the psalm of Jesus Christ, as all psalms are. Ultimately, David is writing this psalm about Christ for Christian readers. He's trying to shed a little light on who Jesus is. Because when you think about this, this whole psalm applies to Jesus as well. By coming down into the world, the son submits, he humiliates himself and becomes a mere sheep in this world. But that sheep obediently follows the father, doesn't he? Throughout all the gospels, you see Jesus, the son, following the father. And he even follows the father through that dark valley, the valley of the cross where he trusts the Father, will restore his soul, will restore his breath. And after Jesus came out of that valley on Easter Sunday, where does he go? He ascends to the house of the Lord, where he is anointed as king. And he has everything put under his dominion, and he dwells with the Father forever. Ephesians 1 shows us how Jesus became both the sheep and the super sheep. I'm sorry, the sheep and the shepherd on that day, when it said, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Remember back in Psalm 1, we talked about those two roads that we walked down, and we urged you to walk down the road of the righteous, the road of the blessed one. And we said, Jesus walked down that road first. You remember that? Jesus walked down that road as a sheep, walking down that road. And then he comes back as a shepherd to the rest of us and beckons us forward and says, guys, don't just be lost sheep. Go down this road and become super sheep. You can do it. We can do it today. We can become super sheep by following our shepherd, by hearing his voice and following him, by trusting in him, trusting that he knows where he's leading us, even when we're down in that valley, and by looking forward to the day where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some people here at Knox, some Knox members, are dwelling in the house of the Lord right now. And if they could come down right now, I would gladly step aside because all they would tell you is how much you have to be excited for. How much wonder and glory and riches and blessing and love and welcome awaits you at the end of this very short life, the end of the very short, dark valley that you may be going through. You have something to live for. But right now, let's become super sheep in our lives today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, these familiar words of Psalm 23 never stop astounding us, never stop inspiring us. Please let these words fill us up 
that we may hear our shepherd's voice and follow him, even when we're scared, even when we don't know what the next day might bring. Because, Lord, you do. You know where we're, you're leading us, and we trust you, that you have our best intentions at your heart, that you will use us for your glory and to spread your name throughout all the world. And all God's people said, Amen. Uh, that we are sheep who are lost without a shepherd and the weakness that can be associated with the sheep and the sheep are prey. Uh, I, I, what kept ringing in my head as Justin was pre- preaching was that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And that's what we lean in on. Yeah, we're just sheep. Yeah, we are weak. Yeah, we are frail. Yeah, we need leadership. But in those places, in that place, is where God's strength is made perfect. So in that word, in Jesus' name, go in peace. Amen. Thank you again for listening. It is our sincere prayer that today's message has brought you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We welcome you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. You can also audio stream our full service. Details can be found at our website. Our church is fully wheelchair accessible and loop enabled for the hearing impaired. For a full schedule of activities and more information on our beliefs, visit our website at www.noxepc.com or call our church office at 716-873-2423.